Action Citizen Podcast. We are running a July promotion to get as many Substack followers as humanly possible to subscribe at SheilaMDean.substack.com. Please go to the website and hit subscribe uh, for a goal of 500 subscriptions. So far, so good. So that's Liberty in Many Directions, SheilaMDean.substack.com. So what do you get? What's in it for you? You get podcast content aired specifically on Colin.com from That AI Show, a Saturday show on AI subject matter with conversation, and the Unsanctioned Citizen podcast archives, as well as specific writings from yours truly. So go ahead, uh... Get on board and promote. If you like the stuff that you're hearing and perceiving and reading, go ahead and try to get at least three to five friends or a hundred friends if you want to uh, buy in and subscribe. This is the month to do it. Time is ticking. Let's go. Austin, Texas. You're listening to the Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast. Here's your host, Sheila Dean. Good evening. Welcome to the Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast. We're really glad to invite everyone to come to the show. Um, we certainly are going to send an update. Because we have a special guest tonight, Blaine Pardue is going to be with us. So I'm just tapping this out and sending it. There you go. Blaine Pardue. He is the sci-fi author of the Battletech series. Maybe some of you even know it. And um, so what we've done is we're going to go ahead and try to get... Lane to join us now. Okay, send it out. So I just want to catch you up on a few things while we're waiting for Blaine to log in. Blaine has written a book and it's called, it's not based on the Battletech series at all. So let me just pull that up. He has written a book called, see here, The Blue Dawn, A Most Uncivil War. And so the Blue Dawn series has a couple of other books out, but it's A Most Uncivil War, which is which is kind of receiving some blowback. Um, and he also published a political episode called uh, The Democratic Party Playbook 2022 edition. Now, I just wanted to, to read this Substack entry that was published earlier this week. And he's, his claim is that his publisher canceled him in favor of a person who threatened his life. And hi, Blaine. I Hello. <laughs> I'd love to just introduce you more formally, but I just want to let the listener know kind of what this is about and why we're talking together tonight. So um, according to Blaine's 
Substack, after 37 years of writing the Battletech series, he found himself canceled for voicing conservative political beliefs. So in January of 2021, two people complained to the publisher asking that the books be pulled from publication because they had hidden Confederate messages in them. Catalyst Game Labs commented to me and them, his publisher, that whatever his political beliefs were, they didn't matter as long as they were not in the novels. And after a lengthy review of the books and social media, they agreed that they were not containing Confederate messages. So um, they offered uh, the people who were in protest to, to write their own short story. Um, but in, it ended up being a, an issue where there was a contest with a stalker. Okay, and um, law enforcement would discover that this person was using a false online persona. Um, and this person ended up harassing Blaine for close to two years. And there wasn't much that the police really wanted to do about it. So they ignored him for a while, which is something that happens in, in stalking cases. Uh, and that's why they get kind of out of hand, you know, because they they kind of selectively decide not to, to, to do things. So, um, in March of 2021, uh, Blue Dawn was announced with a different publisher, Defiance Press. Outraged, my stalker contacted a fellow writer and fellow, and the following directed at me, I want to effing shoot him in the effing crotch for this, you know, S-H-I-T. And I want him to die in a fire. So after this, this was like a death threat. So law enforcement did get involved and a protective order was put in place after multiple threats. So in reality, my harasser was 39, a 39-year-old man living with his family versus um, a self-proclaimed lesbian nurse adopting two kids. So he had been fired by his last employer for issuing terroristic threats, a charge that he pled guilty to. And he was a convicted criminal uh, who did a lot of stalking, apparently. So that that's quite a trial, Blaine. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's quite it's, a trial, man. Yeah, I call it Catfish the Science Fiction version. Oh you God. know, it was, it was, you know, it was rough on both my wife and myself, you know, having this person threaten to set me on fire, you know, it, it, it was really disturbing. Um, I honestly thought all this had gone away, but uh, this spring I had a new battle type. This person continued to harass anybody that, that, you know, did a podcast with me or, or did a YouTube or anything, any reporter that, that talked to me about it. And as part of doing Blue Dawn, I had talked to Catalyst's president and said, you know, I'm going to reference this as part of the promotion. You know, I've written a conservative political thriller. I think it's a pertinent point to talk about how the left responded to this, which was okay. to threaten my life. Was, was said, it the left or was it just some leftist weirdo or someone posing as a leftist weirdo because they're doing a lot of, uh, you know, duty-free harassment with no consequences. Well, it was this person, but this person organized probably, the number I saw was five other people that were vocal about this. So it, there was more than just one person now that was doing this. And, uh, so they, and the, and the president... 
Well, and the president of Catalyst said, if I were you, I'd be doing the same thing. I would, I would mention it. You know, so I did a few times, but honestly, I, there were a lot of times I didn't do anything to set this person off. They continued to bash me online and say nasty stuff about me. And, you know, I'd let it roll for the most part, um, you know, because, you, you know, I have a protective order in place. So the person shows up, they're going to go to jail. And So just out of curiosity, what specifically makes the Blue Dawn series conservative versus maybe moderate or something else? Well, what I did in the book, the premise of the book is essentially rather than Donald Trump losing the election and Biden and Harris coming into office, Biden and Harris are killed on page six. Trump is still there. And, you know, before they were sworn in and he calls for a new election and uh, the progressives essentially overthrow the White House and the Capitol and take over. (coughs) Okay, so it's kind of a kind of a fictionalized what would have happened if things had not gone gone differently. My publisher, Defiance Press, called me the day on January 6th, and she said, just please tell me that this isn't some sort of promo for the book. <laughs> you know, because she's like, you have storming the Capitol in the first few pages of the book. Well, I mean, it, I like, it emulated no. a real thing that actually happened and, and does happen in political um, a p- political upheaval. You know, it's it's not you know, an aberration entirely in human history. It's something that's really weird for modern history uh, because we've enjoyed a long, pretty long stretch of of civic peace where, where we've enjoyed, you know, no contest or no violence in contest of, uh, of transition of power. But, um, you know, there have always been, you know, brief periods where there has, have been some violence. Oh, absolutely. I, I was alive in 1968 and 69. I remember those years as a kid. And, you know, there was a lot of turmoil in the nation then. So this isn't something radically new and different. It's just, you know, it's a an alternate history book. It's a piece of fiction, but it's really aimed at a conservative reader. So the main characters are trying to restore the United States from what it has be, has become with after this overthrow. And, you know, to me, it's a, it's a book that for conservatives, I wrote it for conservatives. I didn't write yeah. it for, you know, a, a liberal reader. Although, you know, I don't know why they would be too upset because I give them everything they want. You know, <laughs> it's, it's a lib, you know, they get their socialist utopia in the book. Um, you know, it's well, didn't tr- Philip K. Dick do something similar? Yeah. Yeah. Other writers have too. The difference is the culture right now is so such that you can't have a differing point of view. It's uh, the woke movement is such that they target you for cancellation. And, you know, when Blue Dawn came out, it upset this person dramatically. Um, when my last Battletech book came out, you know, I got a call um, from the president of Catalyst going, you know, the license holder, which is Fanatics, uh, the baseball card company, um, said, make this go away. So my solution is I'm going to cut you loose. Um, you know, you're not going to write for us anymore. Um, you know, and it, it, it was very 
weird to go through that from a from a perspective of gee i've been doing this since 1985 and you already acknowledged my politics aren't part of the books that i write so what you know what what's the issue and the issue was that this person was leading a group of people who were complaining about me and the publisher wanted to make that noise go away so his solution, rather than just tell them, look, guys, his politics aren't part of this, you know, let's, we're an entertainment company. We write, we publish books and, you know, that people's politics are your problem, not ours. Rather than do that, he took the option of just removing me um, from the list of authors. And mm-hmm. It was abrupt and it was heartless. And, you know, the part that's frustrating, and I I pointed this out to him, I said, you're essentially siding with the person who threatened your contract employee's life. And he said, well, I knew this was going to be a difficult conversation. Well, yeah, (laughs) you're you're literally doing what the person wants done who initiated all of this. You, you're literally putting them in charge of your publishing company. I, I'm but, curious about that from a business standpoint, how much sense did it make? I mean, for tops and, you know, these are, these are independent houses that, you know, they, they needed authors like you to produce, you know, the, the level of fiction that you have been producing uh, it's not, I mean, were your sales numbers down or something or you know, it, was there any other, I'm just looking for kind of th- threads of reasons why this guy might've been, you know, looking for something. I don't think he would blame, but for the sake of the benefit of the doubt to, to the exclusion, because you have a lot of track record with this company, if it would make me really shocked if, if, you know, that they, they caved to five whiners. Well, I asked him, I said, how do you know this isn't just a handful of people with sock accounts? And he goes, I don't, but it doesn't matter. They're generating noise. And I said, I asked him for the justification. And he said, well, it's the ongoing feud between you and this, this, your stalker. And I said, there's no feud. The stalker's the one that's generating all the noise. I'm not, I haven't said anything about that person in months. Um, you know, online. And he said, well, you're alienating half of my customers uh, with your political customers. Well, he's going, he basically said my political posts that I did for PJ media, American greatness, American thinker, you know, all mainstream conservative sites. He said that stuff is alienating half my customers. And I said, but the sales on my, my current book that came out in February are comparable to the other books. And so is the ratings I'm getting. So, you know, how am I alienating half of your customers? And he goes, well, sales don't matter. What? Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm quoting there. Wait a minute. Uh, Okay. These guys are in business to sell books. Sales don't matter anymore. That means that maybe something's gone on with him and his politics. Absolutely. I, I think that's that's how I felt. Now, can I prove that? Probably not. But, you know, he, he, let's. And, and I pointed out to him, I said, look, you've got a number of writers who are liberal, who are posting things that I as a conservative find offensive. 
so are they being let go? And he said, no, I'm going to have a talking to with a couple of them, but you're the only person I'm cutting loose. And so I was like, so if I was posting pro-liberal stuff, I'd still be there. And and I'm like, it's not worth, you know, none of this is worth compromising your values or compromising, you know, the things you believe in. And I'm not going to do that. Well, it just seems, it seems so bereft of, of true, like, like objective, business objective. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's hard enough to survive in the science fiction world anyway. But it's it sounds like he's kind of in kind of some keyboard nihilism stance where, you know, I can blow up this guy's world and join join the army of chaos if if I hurt Blaine's career right now. Well, and it really doesn't hurt my career. I it hasn't slowed down my writing in the least. I'm just writing for publishers at this point who a different don't... publisher. You just took the money somewhere else. Yeah, I was like, fine, you know, I'm not gonna do that. It bothered me that you know, he promised he would talk to the fans and explain this, you know, explain that, you know, why he was going to be releasing me, et cetera. That never happened. You know, and fans are reaching out to me constantly going, so when's your next book coming out? When's this happening? You know, and I, I've literally been in a point where I'm not sure how to respond to it. And I finally just decided I'm tired of sitting back and taking this. And, and I also just believe it's wrong. It's, it's literally, you know, the person who's alienating the fans here is the publisher. He's alienating the conservative readers he has, which are plenty of the people. It's probably matches it's not the demographic. It's, it's yeah. not insignificant. He's wedging out the numbers. You know, keeping you on was a better business decision in the end, because even if he had a lot of negative attention, that's that's negative attention is positive press. Okay. That's, that's how the, the publishing or the publicity field sees it. Negative attention is positive press. And meaning like you're getting publicity, you're getting eyeballs, you're getting looked at. And that's the way it looks like in social media. But on when someone gets canceled, the, the benefits of, of negative reaction don't go into you know, the, the natural fold of things where there, you know, people kind of, they, the, the bubble bursts, you know, the, the angst gets out there, people express themselves and then it's over. That should be the way it goes. You know, there's a, there's a, an angry reaction to something you did. Someone shouts about it and then they go home. Absolutely. I even offered to write under a pseudonym, you know, and go, look, I was working on two novels for them. I was working on multiple short stories that were in process. I said, look, why don't I just write under a pseudonym? Somebody with no social media presence whatsoever. At least the stories would still get out there. And his response was, that's not workable. And I was like, but you have other authors who are doing that. Nope. The problem is, you know, it's you and this is the solution. And I think what he's trying to do is go, if I, if I do this, I can quietly and calmly let this die down and I don't have to be confrontational about it. But he was confrontational with you. Yes, absolutely. 
but he so, didn't have to be confrontational in public. So he cut me loose and then for two months dragged out the process mm-hmm. of paying me for what he owed me. So that's very yeah. passive aggressive, Blaine. What would you say to him tonight if he was sitting here in this room? You know, my whole thing is I don't know what you would have expected me to react, how you would have expected me to react any any more differently than I am right now. Mm-hmm. You know, why you've known me for for you know decades. Why would you think I would react any differently than I am now? You know, and and that is I'm going to be public about this, and I'm going to tell it because I think the fans deserve to know. You know, it's just frustrating, that's all. I mean, I don't have a giant science fiction audience, but I do have an audience that cares about when things are unfair. And one of the points of the Unsanctioned Citizen podcast is for you to become an unsanctioned individual, meaning like the sanctions that were put upon you uh, are lifted. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, I'm not a... I, my wife and I were talking about it and I'm like, I'm not a victim. I don't feel like a victim. I feel like the conservatives overall, though, it, it's like this was a censorship at the source. You're going to the people who create the content, who create the entertainment. You know, who have a message, who have a message yeah. that the, the other one doesn't want to get out. Yeah. And it, like I said, yeah, I'm proud of my conservative views. That's why I write for a lot of conservative websites and post well, my I mean, views. And if you didn't, if you wanted to take the contrapositive and do something different or have a different point of view, um, you could do that too. Ghostwriters do it all the time. They play ping pong. They, they, they pick up one mask and they write under that mask and then they put on another one and they're a totally different person. Yeah. You know, and they can be totally opposite or similar, but completely diametrically in another universe or whatever. So the whole point of creative play is that you kind of shift roles and and you you put on these personas and and um, now I'm getting into like drama and theater. But that's what people do when they're they're being creative. They're trying on different personas. And you can do that in your writing when you're doing fiction. And I figured, you know, it's really exceptionally unfair because if you can't, you know, express the taboos of our society in some way, in some form of fiction, then people never get to explore any of the reasonings or some of the the, the fallout or how it would play out in society at some point. You have to kind of at least kind of examine that some people and people have a choice they they don't have to examine the 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 conservative viewpoint i'm not enamored of it i mean i've heard enough of it my whole life that i i can just set it aside and go i can do something else right now you know i'm not offended by it but you know if i don't want to listen to it i won't (laughs) yeah you know it's not that hard man i mean you just change the channel or don't look at it or say i don't want to see that right now well, and I'm like most people, and I'm sure you're the same way. Some of my views are very conservative. Some fall right in the middle, and some are almost left because, you know, that's just what I believe. It's okay 
to not be in lockstep with everybody else. You know, I'm, and there is no conservative collective. Like you try to talk to conservatives about one idea or another idea, and over the years they're all they're all a herd of cats. You know, they 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 think that they've got the 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 flag stake of of conservatism in the ground, but it's going to migrate. I've watched it over the years. It's like it's over here now. It's over here now. It's over here, and it, it mutates. And again, they put on you know. Oh, okay. We're going to doctor the evangelicals today. And now we're going to go over to the Hispanic clique. And now we're going to go over to, to, uh, black gun owners. And, uh, now we're going to go, you know, you know, they just do the, you know, the jazz hands with everybody, you know, all these little different factions, you know, and that's a form of creativity in and of itself. Um, you know, and, and I don't, I'm not appalled by it. I, I, it's political pandering. Uh, yeah. You know, and they're trying to they're trying to get as many voters as they possibly possibly can. So they, they need to go to all these little, you know, and then they, they they lick them and they call them conservative. They're like, yeah, that's conservative, you know, and it's not necessarily conservative, you know, and they'll alienate one another. Like I've watched evangelicals do this to each other. You know, one day they're like, everything is all together. We are parody. We have perfect harmony in, in, in the, in the foundations of the church of Christ. And then something goes amiss where you get one doctrinaire and they're not going to go along. Maybe they're the Lutherans this day, you know, I'll just pull them out of the hat. Uh, and they're just not going to go along, you know, with, with calling for the vote on some conservative issue. They're like, listen, you know, if you want to do that, that's fine. We'll still be Christian tomorrow. But then the brickbats come out and it's, it's like, it's like a, a, a fight in a back alley you would never believe happened. <laughs> I understand. You know, and I think a lot of this is too, we're, we're dealing with a culture of fear here. And so when you get a handful of people who get online and, and say nasty things about somebody, I, I think that scares people and, you know, they, they go, oh, my God, what if these people protest? What if they boycott me? What if they do this or do that? And, and so people, you know, and if I'm hearing it from five people, that means there's a thousand people who feel that way. You know, you I know? don't know where they're getting these metrics from, Blaine, but you know what? We got to try to take a caller before we get out of here. We got five oh. minutes left in this program. Oh, sure. And, sure. and this is 100 days. Welcome to the 100 days of call-in. Uh, <laughs> this is day 96. Seven, I think, and uh, day ninety-seven or ninety-eight. I have to go look at my catalog, but um, we are still in a hundred days of call-in, and I really, really appreciate you coming up here and and airing your your grievances and and uh, this cancellation culture. Does anybody want to call in? We only have one listener right now that's that's joined us, and it's Joshua. He's he's pretty cool um, when he does decide to call in and talk. Josh, do you want to say anything towards this issue of cancellation? Okay. Well, so we've got about, oh, nothing. He has nothing to say. Yeah. All right. Which is unusual. He's usually a pretty loquacious guy. Um, <clears throat> so let's go ahead and, and uh, try to, to wrap this up in the next, you know, four minutes. Sure. Um, tell us about Blue Dawn before we get out of here. Well, you know, it, it, 
the socialists overthrow the government and establish, you know, their form of government. And the story, the series picks up five years later when people start going, okay, this has become a tyrannical government. And it's from that point on, it's how do we restore some semblance back to the United States? And it really leads us into the second book, which is a most uncivil war, which is, we reach a point where it becomes more of a war that evolves from words into shooting. So it's, it goes into that civil war aspect of a second American civil war. But, you know, it's, it's a, it's an interesting book. I, I, I had a lot of fun with it mostly because a lot of what I put in the book, I've pulled from real life. You know, um, AOC saying we we want we're keeping a list of all the Trump supporters and there's going to be a reckoning. Well, that's part of what's in the book when they establish the social quarantine camps to put the conservatives in, you know, and so. Uh, or you just know, dissenters, you know, I'm not necessarily 100 percent, you know, hard boiled conservative, but I lived in western Washington. And if there's any dissent, because they're on they're neo socialist over there. In, in that state, in Western Washington, specifically, um, just south of Trudeau's British Van, British Columbia and Vancouver, um, you know, I call it the People's Republic of Seattle. It's not a joyful place. It's a rough place. You can't say what you think, um, you know, without really getting, people are just very low-key rage prone all the time and the passive aggression. You just don't know what direction it's going to come from. You don't know what you're going to say is going to tick somebody off. It's like living with somebody who has a personality disorder. It is not a fun place to be um, when there's that much uh, political tension, but the political tension never relented. So the, the, avalanche of say like leftist grievance just like there were no breaks okay yeah and and so if you ever live in an environment like that that's kind of like everybody's totally miserable like most of the time um you know it doesn't matter what your actual politics are they don't care they just want you know they want to punch somebody if they do anything that they don't like the the part that's interesting is Catalyst is based in Washington State. So Oh my God, Blaine. <laughs> oh my God. So yeah, take that for what you will. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. That's that's true to true to form. So so where are you located? I mean, are you living out of Washington State right now? No, I, I, I actually live outside Washington, D.C. in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Oh, okay. That makes total sense. But you nailed it. You really did nail it. <laughs> you stuck it, man. I mean, you popped that trick over the, the side of the lip and went, you, you stuck it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So uh, we've got one minute left. Is there anything you'd like to tell the listeners before we get out of here? You know, it, they've come for me. I don't think that this is ever going to stop, at least right now. There's nothing that shows a, a debatement of this. I'm kind of proud that I'm in the same camp as Gina Carano, et cetera. You know, but, 
you know, it's the same sort of, of BS, but, you know, they'll come for you at some point, too, because they're going <laughs> to look and go, hey, you know, who do you work for and who can we call? And I think everybody needs to pay attention to these cancellation stories oh, yeah. because they're pertinent for everyone out there. Yeah. First they came for the, what was it? First they came for the, for the shoe, shoe people and the Jews and then, yeah. then they, then the communists and, you know, then, then there was no one else left to speak for the science fiction authors. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting it totally wrong. <laughs> We're going to burn on that one. <laughs> hey, Blaine, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you for joining us here on The Unsanctioned Citizen. I hope I hope you'll follow up with us, you know, if there's a development in the future. I definitely will. Thank you very much. Have a good evening. You're welcome. Thanks for sticking it out. Oh, sure. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button. Remember that callers are welcome. Subscribers can access Unsanctioned Citizen podcast archives at Substack, Automatic, iHeartRadio podcast, and call in. Please stay in touch. We want to hear from you. Visit SheilaMDean.com.